Hello, and welcome to the Behind the Creative Podcast. Today, we'll be interviewing Daryl Wakefield, U.S. Oncology Senior Director, Breast Team, Sanofi Genzyme. Daryl's here to discuss creative impact on brand success. Thank you so much for joining us today, Daryl. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here and happy to, to meet the team and, and, and to be part of this interview. Excellent. Also joining us today is Vince Perry. He's the EVP and Head of Branding Strategy here at True Serum Network. Hey, everybody. Uh, looking forward to the discussion. So, Daryl, you know, what's your perspective on creative impact on brand success? Creative, I see it as really the main component of the communication. It's the brand thought or the story. It is the gateway or the point for connecting uh, with your, your desired audience. And so depending on the ingredients of the plan and the plan that you have laid out, it can really have a tremendous impact on the success of the brand. So the two together, in my opinion, are, are really, really strong. I liken it to like an interview. As a person is, is preparing for an interview and actually in a live interview, you know they're going to get together kind of what they have to say. They're going to be prepared and they'll get the job based on what they say. But the appearance also has a voice. And I look at the creative as that voice that can complement any other copy that can go along with the message. So together, the two are, are very powerful together. So I put as much time in the creative as I do also in copy, because I really want that creative to be the voice to complement what we have in the copy. I love that answer. It's so true. It's not only the emotional impact, but to your point, the brand voice. And if you're not connecting with your audience, you're, you're, you're missing out. So thank you so much. That's an awesome, awesome answer. As a marketer in the oncology space, what's your perspective on, on campaign communications as it pertains to balancing the data with the highly emotional aspect of the patient experience? Uh, that's it's uber important. I think it's essential. I mean, nowadays, the consumer, the patient, they're much more savvy relative to the days of old. They really want to know the information. And I've had physicians that I talk to on a regular basis uh, share with me that more and more the patient is bringing in information regarding clinical trials. They're bringing in information as it relates to the different therapies that are available. They're taking copious notes and they're asking questions around treatment strategy. And this is an airy cohort of patients, but you're starting to see that happen more and more. So I think the trick is, is really to satisfy the consumer with the information that they're looking for in bite-sized pieces. So I think you have to integrate it into the overall patient experience. Doing this correctly can turn the patient into a real advocate at the point of care uh, for a particular brand. Patients, particularly in the oncology space, are so much more knowledgeable than almost any other area of medicine, in my opinion. Yeah. So uh, they, they, have so, they have so much more of an impact on a brand than any other area that I've worked in personally. So I, that's so very true. And so often the experience often for the patient starts at the end of their treatment too, you know, the recovery process. I totally agree with you. If one step further, what we've seen in oncology is that even the caregivers are there getting involved in understanding the data. And so, you know, of course, we won't make a sterile environment where we're just given a clinical study in terms of our communication. But to the point of your question, combining the two and integrating the two, finding that balance is important because it, at the end of the day, an informed consumer is a really good consumer. And at the end of the day, looking at it from the perspective of the physician to have a discussion about a treatment program that you can share with your family and, and, and also friends uh, that makes sense is also very important as well. So information is the key. And more and more, you'll see pharmaceutical companies provide that level of information on their consumer assets. 
You can never underestimate the power of the, the care partner, particularly in oncology. So have you ever done anything with market research that you felt was different or, you know, especially as it pertains to the creative market research that you felt really helped capture the insight or helped take that creative to a whole other level? Yeah, actually, I was just thinking about uh, the other day, I was discussing with some colleagues earlier on in breast cancer, we were on a project uh, for an aromatase inhibitor. And after chemotherapy, uh, you're scheduled to go into this first line treatment from an aromatase inhibitor to kind of keep you from recurring uh, back with, with breast cancer. And the thought process at the time when I took over the campaign was to continue the fight. Chemotherapy was a fight, but we wanted you to continue the fight with aromatase inhibitor. And uh, the campaign was also adopted by other competitors in the marketplace because breast cancer was really had a connotation with fighting. It was about fighting. Yeah. And what we decided to do was we partnered with another group outside of the industry that were in other consumer spaces, but not in pharmaceutical and saw how they were communicating with the female group, with the patient group. Right. And they made an assessment and they said, listen, you are using the wrong bullhorn to talk to females and let us show you some insights. And so we partnered with a company called WomanWise at the time. And they did some very unique market research where we were able to put female patients in a different environment, not in the traditional market research, M&Ms behind the wall, glass wall environment, but more in a lounge type setting amongst other breast cancer patients. And the output that we found from that meeting is that these patients says, you know, basically after chemo, we're exhausted. We're tired of fighting. So any ad or any communication from pharma tells me I have to keep fighting, it's going to fall on deaf ears or it's not going to really appeal to the masses of the patients that have this disease. So immediately we began to change our campaign. And we found out that after chemo, that patients had more of an aspirational approach. They were comfortable where, where they were, but they also wanted to find something to aspire to be. They wanted to live life beautiful. And we developed a new campaign called Live Life Beautiful, which was an aspirational campaign that patients wanted to ascend to. And so the creative way or approach that we took is that we didn't want to follow and continue to have patients to fight. We wanted to ask patients in a different way to get insights that we were not going to get through traditional market research. And we saw that they let their guard down and really began to peel the onion back, so to speak. And we got at the core of the issue. And what we found out in this research is that, yeah, strategy is one thing, but if you're not connecting with the patient, and I guess that's the point of what I guess I'm saying with this research, yep. we found a way to connect to the heart of that patient. And then once we connected with them, we were able to speak with them. Once we were able to speak with them, we were able to mobilize and educate them, which turned out to be very positive for the brand. I love that. And I love hearing about different ways to approach market research, because at the end of the day, you're really searching for those insights. You know, I listened to a podcast this morning, a TED talk about a woman who actually survived leukemia, but she's mm -hmm. People wanted to call me a warrior. I don't want to be a warrior. It's already been enough pressure on me. I want, you know, to your point, I want to live my life in a beautiful, better way. And it so much aligns with that TED talk I just listened to this morning. So that that was a beautiful story. So Vince, I'm going to let you jump in. I know you had a few questions for Daryl as well. Yeah, absolutely. I have several. You know, oncology is a very unique field. On the one hand, you've got these protocols and guidelines and things that are almost religiously adhered to. The data is there and the algorithms are there. But have you ever had any experience in particular where you know you have to change their minds about an ingrained habit, and then you had to walk the line in terms of you know, making them uncomfortable, but at the same time, offering up a solution to that discomfort? 
<laughs> yeah, I think all, all marketers have to face that at some point in their career, some more than others. And I can I can share with you a number of experiences, but in the sake for this interview, I'll pick one that I think is highly relevant. And I think a lot of folks in the audience can relate to, and that is looking at the oncology space or even in immunology space, I've experienced the same thing twice, is that really bringing in an oral product in an injectable market. Oral product, and for the most part, are, are products that a lot of physicians have a lot of comfortability with. It's been good on their business from a business aspect. It helps with compliance to be able to administer an injectable at the, uh, in the office. And then when you bring in an oral product like I have in, in two different scenarios, there was resistance, a resistance from the HCP community in terms of this oral product. And really doing deep market research to get an understanding of why there was resistance. We had you know, some slight advantages in efficacy. We thought the, the oral will, pro will provide a convenient option for their patients. And what we found is that the common ground between the two worlds is really putting the patient first. Looking at the lifestyle of the patient and factoring that in was very important. So in this example that I'm going to provide to you uh, or that I am providing to you at the moment is really going to introduce an oral product in an injectable market. And the finding for us is when we found that common ground with physicians, which is let's put the patient first. We both know that at the end of the day, it's really about the patient. And we looked at our patient profile and we have patients in immunology and oncology as unfortunately cancer is, is affecting folks at all different types of ages, is that people wanna maintain an active lifestyle. They wanna to continue to go to work. Uh, they wanna to continue to be a part of their family events and they wanna be mobile. And if you put the patient first, it made it almost, I would say, pretty seamless to begin to move a physician in terms of that thought. The doctors knew right away patients that they thought would fit that profile of being mobile, being those folks that want to take part in travel and to, um, to not just be kind of stagnant in terms of uh, laying at home uh, um, and, and being mobile. So not all patients fit that, but we began to slowly uh, find the right patients to talk about oral oncolytics. And what we found out is that at the end of the day, more than just those mobile patients who are moving towards the product, um, if you take a look at oral oncolytics, you'll see across the board, many of them are replacing the injectables. And it is really about the patient and the patient, they really do want that flexibility to be able to carry the medicines with them. So in this particular case, putting the patient first and finding that common ground with the physician so it's a win-win for all parties involved is how we've jumped that hurdle. Yeah, and this issue has obviously come front and center during the COVID-19 pandemic when taking oral therapies obviously presents an advantage to the patient because they can not go outside, quarantine, or reduce their activities. So more important now than ever, absolutely. What are some of the approaches you've tried, creative or otherwise, when you have a brand that's at parity with the competition? How do you go about setting that brand apart? Yeah, I think there's two things that have worked for me. One of the things is to make sure you treat the physician like a consumer. At the end of the day, they are consumers as well. And so thinking that uh, physicians don't have an emotional capacity is, is a miss. When looking at communicating, bringing some emotion to your communications, been able to connect with the physician, same way we do with patients in the example I gave you with Live Life Beautiful, connecting to the physician's heart in terms of what motivates them and what they care about. If you have a product, if you're the first though that can connect with that physician or that segment of physicians, then you'll have an opportunity to begin to move that physician forward as it relates to um, the trial use and adoption of your product. We see that, we've seen that several times 
over the course of my career is that just not just shouting empirically at the, at the physician, but really finding out what physicians want. Uh, what's often found when you do the research that doctors want to be considered as, as a hero, a solution provider for their patients. They want to be the key source of information, which they should be. And making sure that your communication and your, your campaign and program puts them in that position where they can continue to maintain that status is something that you can't take too lightly. And we've used that and factored it into areas where we've had parity. Additionally, we take a look at machine learning. Um, you have two products that have the same uh, clinical profile then you start looking for nuances that you can kind of use as leverage points. And um, a few things that we work with with machine learning is to find out, you know, is there any difference between the prescribing behavior of female physicians versus male physicians? And we looked at geographical differences, anything that really can give us a competitive edge. So from a national perspective, you may not have a one, spot, one size fits all approach, but you can definitely find pockets of opportunity that can build a groundswell of momentum that can give you a competitive edge at the end of the day. Yeah, it sounds like brands like that have to be very opportunistic, like you said, and look for ways to differentiate. I love what you said about going to the emotional level. When you can't own a functional aspect that may be at parity with others, elevating it up to the doctor's desire to, like you said, you know, get looked upon as a hero or uh, make the doctor feel like they're really making a difference in patients' lives, I think is, you're absolutely right, is one way to set your brand apart. We're working with a pharmaceutical executive to host something called the Apex Awards. And uh, it's different in the sense that the judges are HCPs and segment to judge the work based on their specialty. So for instance, oncologists would review ads in the cancer category. What are your thoughts about this approach to award judging? I tend to like it. I, I tend to, to like a diversity of thought, the diversity perspectives. I think it will only strengthen and enhance the overall awards because, you know, people see things differently. They, uh, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. I think we've learned that in marketing over, the, over a number of years. And so people and, and folks that are, are making uh, judgments in terms of what they see at the Apex Awards, I think I welcome that when looking at a decision-making and, and coming together. So I think it strengthens the overall program. I'm looking forward to those awards as well. When we put these together, we, we took that same approach that you're having, you know, Having agencies judge other agencies' work is sort of ignoring the very customers that we're communicating with. So mm -hmm. we, why not go right to the source? Why not go to awards given by physicians and healthcare professionals for helping motivate them or helping change their minds about certain treatment protocols? So uh, thanks for your thoughts on that. Yeah, good luck there with that as well. Thank you. We're so excited about it. And thank you so much for being with us today, Daryl. This has been wonderful. You've provided some really amazing insights and certainly things that will, you know, we certainly learn from and we think about as we push forward with our clients on brands as well. And so um, all your thoughts on the impact on brand success has been very much appreciated. Thank you very much.